What is up, all you unconventional conventionists? Welcome back to Rocky Talkie, a Rocky Horror podcast where we talk about anything and everything Rocky Horror. Why the fuck am I talking like this? I'm John. I'm Nikki. And I'm Aaron. Nikki, Aaron, I missed both of you so very much. How was your week? My week was pretty dope. I got a vaccine appointment. I'm getting vaccinated on Wednesday. And I'm so fucking excited because I've just been waiting for this. I've wanted it since it was first released and I didn't think the universe was going to let it happen. And then it happened because I have the coolest boyfriend's mom ever. It really sounds like you're talking about a PlayStation 5. Yeah, or a limited edition box set or something. (laughs) Yeah, I'm getting the limited edition COVID vaccine. Um, Shout out to Josh's mom for hooking me up. I'm so happy. I'm so excited. Get your fucking vaccines. Anyway, how are you, Aaron? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I just got back actually earlier today from getting my first dose of the vaccine. Ah. I know. I know. I was super pumped. There was uh, a couple of slots that opened up uh, about 45 minutes. Actually, down in Red Bank, right by where uh, your FNS Rocky Theater is. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So did that. Went down there. Came back up. So, uh... Let's hope I make it through this uh, whole recording without, uh, you know, needing to overhydrate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Growing a third arm. But I'm doing good. I'm doing good. John, what have you been up to? Well, guess what I got? A limited edition box set? Beat up? Yeah. I got the vaccine. What? Oh! See, you can't just copy us. Like, we already. Okay, go ahead. All right, well, if we're being specific, I was the first one out of the three of us to get the vaccine, so y'all copied me. John does have a point. Mm. My arm is fully usable right now. Aaron, in about three hours, you're going to be like, where did my left arm go? And it's going to (laughs) be fantastic. And Nikki, you'll say the same thing on Wednesday. I got my vaccine. All three of us are vaccinated, so if you're listening to this and you haven't gotten vaccinated, suck my dick and then go get a vaccination. No, 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 no. Go get a vaccination and then come and suck his dick because you're you don't right. want to get COVID. Yeah, you have to right. wait a month, though, before any dick sucking. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so go get your vaccine and then wait a month and then go get the second dose and then wait like that four week period ish for like confirmed immunity and then hit up John and he'll invite you into his bubble and then you guys can talk without masks on and then eventually over time you can suck his dick. Right. And I only let people suck my dick if they're hot. And everybody with the vaccine is hot. I don't make the rules. What he said. Yeah. And with that, let's get started with our first segment, which is, as you all know, global news. Hold on. I don't I don't see hot here on the side effects list. I was not given proper medical information. Well, see, Aaron, if you're already hot and then you get the vaccine, it just cancels out like PEMDAS. First uh, off, in global news, we'd like to wish the happiest of birthdays to our favorite alien transvestite mad scientist, Tim Curry, who is celebrating his 75th birthday today, April 19th. Yay! Oh, yay! Happy birthday! Oh, my God! Tim has always been a pretty private guy who has never been into airing his private life on social media. So we've got no word on how he'll be celebrating, but we hope that wherever he is, he's up to something fun. 
Happy birthday, Tim. We here at Rocky Talkie hope you're having a great day full of awesome presents, good food, and plenty of time with your loved ones. Cheers to 75 years and hopefully a lot more to come. Hey, that rhymed. Look at you. So, fun fact about Tim Curry. Did you guys know that he played the voice in 1994 of the robot that introduces you to Disney's now defunct extra terrestrial alien encounter ride what <laughs> all right moving on <laughs> so on a different note though we've got some exciting announcements for the 2021 uk tour almost every single role of the upcoming stage show tour has been announced unfortunately i am none of them Damn it. We recently told you all about Oreo Duba, previously known for being the winner of a competition called Strictly Come Dancing, now best known to us at least for being Brad Majors. But let's go through who else we've got. We've got uh, Stephen Webb will be starring as Dr. Frankenfurter, which seems like a big step for this actor who is primarily taking supporting roles up until now, including most recently Moroni and Elder McKinley in the Book of Mormon. Oh my god. 20, right? And that Love was in it. 2016 at the Prince of Wales Theatre, so the West End version of it, and Buttons in Cinderella at London's Lyric Theatre. The role of Janet will be played by Haley Flaherty, who played Janet back in 2015 during the Rocky Horror Show Live, as well as also having performed the character during the show's run on the West End and touring with the production throughout the UK, New Zealand, and Singapore. She's adorable. That's going to be cool. Uh, so Riff Raff, though, will be played by none other than Kristen Loverscombe, who has, to date, played Riff Raff in over 1,800 performances of the Rocky Horror Show. He holds the world record for performing in the show more than anyone in its 46-year history. He's worked on the show in Australia, Ireland, New Zealand, Italy, Singapore, South Korea, and, of course, the United Kingdom. I love him so much. So much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's absolutely fucking fantastic. Lauren Ingram will be playing Columbia, and in addition to playing Janet in the 2016 UK tour, has also worked as Eliza in a Naples production of My Fair Lady, and Marjorie May in a production of Gypsy at London's Savoy Theatre. Another newcomer to the tour will be Callum Evans, who will oh, be I know playing him. Rocky. Do you? No. Oh, Sorry. He's played Eugene in a UK and international tour of Greece, performed the role of Trapo in a UK tour production of Salad Days, and is an accomplished acrobatic gymnast, winning the Welsh Championship and coming in second place in the British Acrobatic Gymnastics Championships. That's exactly what you want in Iraqi. Yeah, if you want to drop to Janet. Uh, so Joe Allen will be portraying Eddie and Dr. Scott. Joe performed in Regent Park's open-air theater production of Little Shop of Horrors, one of my favorite shows, as well as featuring several times in Mamma Mia 2, Here We Go Again. Joe who? Joe Allen. Joe Mama? Who was he in Mamma Mia? I don't know. I don't like Mamma Mia. <laughs> well, Mamma Mia doesn't like you, so... Last, but certainly not least, the role of the narrator will be played by Philip Franks. Okay. <laughs> Franks. Uh, he played the role back in the 2019 and 2012 UK tours. Outside of his Rocky career, Philip is an incredibly prolific actor who has appeared in numerous television, film, stage, and even radio productions throughout the world. The whole world. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. On his back. <laughs> but wait, is that all? Aren't we missing someone? No, nobody important is missing from that list. No. Nope. Oh, okay, I guess let's move on to our next segment. Every single character has been casted. Uh-huh. At least everyone who has lines. 
Yeah. So magenta. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, we don't have a magenta cast yet. I guess they're still working on it. We'll keep you guys updated when they finally cast a role. I know you're all dying to find out. So, big congrats to the brand new UK touring cast. You guys all sound totally perfect for your roles, and we can't wait to watch many, many clips of your performances on YouTube. If you'd like to check out more about the cast or the tour so far, you can visit rockyhorror.co.uk, which we also have linked for you in our show notes. So if you live in the Northeast and you're looking for a Rocky Horror-themed outing, well, have I got some news for you. Schaefer Farms in Flemington, New Jersey will be hosting a Rocky Horror Haunted Weekend on Friday, May 14th and Saturday, May 15th for my birthday. I live in New Jersey. So according to their event description, it's not for John's birthday, but doors and dinner will begin at 7 p.m., followed by live pre-show music by the WAG Band and some very special and very unnamed guests. Finally, the venue will show a screening of the Rocky Horror Picture Show film. Hmm, I wonder what else it would be. Uh, hosting a costume contest and throwing an after party. The dinner is a farm-to-fork event where you can choose themed meals such as Dr. Frankenfurter's Hot Dog and Eddie's Meatloaf. I don't know. I would eat Eddie's Meatloaf anytime, if you know what I mean. Well, Aaron, you heard her. Uh... I'm going to take that as a hard maybe. Speaking of which, the event is BYOB and tickets are only $10, although tickets to the after party are sold separately. And if you needed more reason to go to this event, it's for a good cause. A portion of the proceeds raised will benefit Casting for Recovery, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that provides healing outdoor retreats for women with breast cancer at no cost to the participants. If you're interested in checking out the event and maybe buying some tickets, we've linked them to you in our show notes. And if you need less of a reason to go to this event, can I just take like a minute to be salty about this? Nikki has an opinion. Now. <laughs> I know I don't read that, but that's just killing me. Is this a new, a new segment, Nikki new having segment. an opinion? I... I like this idea a little bit. I like it because it's in New Jersey and it's kind of close to home. It's like an hour and a half away from me. But I have a few feelings. First of all, I heard through the grapevine that they're not doing AP at this event, which coupled with the fact that it's BYOB, I find that kind of interesting because if you're letting people drink, you're going to have at least one drunk guy that's yelling asshole all night. Me. I'm that guy. Yeah. And also, I don't know. Why are we having a haunted weekend in the middle of May? Do they not know how time works? For my birthday. It is the summer solstice. Maybe it's a time warp, Nikki. Maybe. I don't know. I I think I always need to be bitter. I'm very finicky with New Jersey Rocky Horror, but this venue makes me a little upset. I'm going to be honest, but I have I have high hopes that it'll be a good birthday party for John that he won't be attending. Yeah. We should also note that at the moment, there's no word on how this event will be practicing social distancing, although it's a farm, so maybe all the festivities will be held outside. I can just picture it now, laying outside on an old farm out in New Jersey in the springtime, under the stars, with a whole bottle of Malort that you brought from home all while dressed in full Columbia tailcoat and bustier so you can be 
ready for the costume contest that takes place after the movie. Aaron, you should know not to wear your Columbia tailcoat outside. What if there's a fluke rainstorm and you rust? I guess I'll have to use one of the other three Columbia tailcoats that are in my basement. Also, also, if we're having opinions here, let's talk about the fact that the costume contest is after the movie. By floor show, everybody is done with this film, and they want to go home, and this movie doesn't have a live cast. I'm just saying I wouldn't want to hang out till the end of the movie and then be like, yes, I was dressed as Janet two and a half hours ago, but I wiped off my eyeliner from sitting in my car for too long. Like, I'm so mad! Just kidding. I'm so nice. Hey, bring your own booze. And then afterwards, you can have a party where you're still drinking your own booze. All right. Well, when y'all put it like that, it makes me kind of want to move on to our next segment, which is community news. Beep, beep, boop, 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 boop. First up in community news, we've got another con announcement for you. So Tesseract Staycation Con, which is scheduled for July 16th through July 18th, has just opened up their casting applications for the Rocky and Shocky All-Star Virtual Shows. Hell yeah! The Google Audition forms, which we've linked in our show notes, are available on the con's Facebook group. Once in, you can fill out info about your casting preferences, cast affiliation, tech setup, and rehearsal availability. And of course, you'll have the option to submit an audition video. I don't know about you guys, but watching all the audition videos grow up are one of my favorite parts about Con. Every year you always get a few that are really funny and really clever. And for the rest, I mean, who doesn't love jamming out to performance clips underscored by the punk rock music soundtrack? Wait, are you guys submitting for either show? I think I might. I feel like if I if I do, I'll probably put in for some like out-of-pocket character that I don't usually perform as. So like no riff or no... Uh... Or no Frank or Brad. I'll probably put in for, like, <laughs> Janet or Columbia or some random shit like that. Oh, if Meg and I are going to do anything, we are uh, firmly looking at uh, Ralph and Betty again. Because uh, that is the absolute maximum amount of effort I'm willing to put into anything that's remotely to do with a con. Am I allowed to submit? Or is there, like, a thing? It's called All-Star. I'm not an All-Star. You fucking think I am? I don't know. Yes. No, actually, yes, I do, John. The, the only requirement there is that you've listened to Smash Mouth at least once. <laughs> I agree, though. Well, the deadline for applications is May 15th, so if any of our listeners are going to throw their hats in the ring, you've got a little under a month to get your video put together. We cannot wait to see your audition videos all over social media. Well, guys, we did it. That's right. We single-handedly did it. We sent Reefer Madness vibes out into the universe, and the universe answered. And by the universe, we totally mean JCCP. So, we are beyond excited to announce that our friends out in Pittsburgh will be rebroadcasting Reefer Madness, the virtual musical. Hear the shocking, sordid facts. Tell your children all about the dangers of that violent narcotic, that unspeakable scourge, the drug menace known as marijuana. <laughs> Fortunately, the Junior Chamber of Commerce players are here to educate you all about it. This Friday, April 23rd at 9 p.m. Eastern, take a huge bong rip and tune into the recording of JCCP's 2019 Shadowcast performance. We all really love Reefer Madness, and we are super looking forward to this one. 
I absolutely loved getting to watch his performance last year, and I cannot wait to see it again this weekend. Honestly, I would be so fucking happy if we could turn Reefer Madness into a weekly thing the same way Rocky is now. It's so good. All of the music is such a bop, and I'm madly in love with Sally's hot ass. I just want to make it happen. I just want to make it happen. I want Sally. I want Dammer Aaron. You're supposed to cut me off. No, Nikki, you see, we are all in love with Sally's hot ass. Uh, seriously, though, this one doesn't get nearly as much love as it deserves. I don't think I've ever seen it performed at a con, probably not in the last decade at least. I don't know. I know that I performed it once at a convention, but it wasn't a Rocky convention. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I absolutely love Reefer Madness. Well, maybe those are the vibes that we need to put out into the universe next. Like, hold on. It sure would be nice if we could do Reefer Madness at RKO4, Roy. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't JCCP put it on, like, all the time? Yeah, but that's because they're, like, baller. Road trip? Road road trip? Did someone say road trip? (gasps) Road trip! Road trip! Road trip! Road trip! Road trip! Shut up, Nikki. Okay. Maybe when we're all done being vaccinated against the plague, which which I think we almost all are, for now, we can't wait to tune in with all of you on Friday at 9 p.m. It's going to be a hell of a fun show, and we will see you all there. Speaking of virtual shows, next up, we've got an exciting announcement from RHPS Buffalo. Do you miss Rocky Horror? Have you just found out that the Francis Bacon Experiment exists in the last six months? They certainly know how to play to their audience. I definitely didn't know anything about this cast before they blew the fuck up on social media. Well, now is your chance to join in on the fun near and far. The Francis Bacon Experiment will be hosting a summer kickoff show on RHPSlive.com. Enjoy throwing virtual confetti, toast, and cards while typing your favorite callbacks. They will be streaming their 2021 Dark Alley Drive-In performance. The night was October 16th, the temperature 40 degrees Fahrenheit, and the cast was on fire. That doesn't sound very safe. (laughs) Honestly, have you seen their cast, though? They're all on fire because they're smoking hot. Lit AF, yes, no. This is a totally free performance, but if you're feeling frisky, you can, of course, tip the cast, just the tip, to help them continue putting on shows. So, come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. We see you shiver with Antissa. You gonna say it? Nah, it says the end of the word in the event description. So, fuck you guys. That's fair. The performance will take place on May 21st at 9 p.m. Eastern for my birthday on rhpslive.com. I feel like it really has been within the last year or so the Buffalo blew up on social media, and it's been so much fun to watch. The way they continuously put out such like engaging, high-quality content that literally everyone I know thinks is funny is totally hashtag goals. I feel like everyone that we've seen on their TikTok is so ridiculously talented. I cannot wait to see them perform a full show even if it's not IRL just yet. So mark your calendars, folks. May 21st at 9 p.m., we'll all finally get to see the Buffalo cast do their thing on stage. We'll definitely all be tuning in, and if you want to check them out too, we've got a link for you in our show notes. And last up in community news, we want to give a huge shout-out to our pals over at The Ordinary Kids for entertaining us this past weekend with the rebroadcast of their virtual performance experience. 
as always, we had such a blast with your show. It's so phenomenally put together, and it was so much fun to hear about all the behind-the-scenes fun facts in the post-show Q&A. I was totally blown away seeing the apartment that they filmed the entire show in. Like, I had it in my head that they had gone somewhere. Like, they rented out a theater or something, but nope. It was Polly's apartment with all the furniture pushed to the other side of the room. Somehow that makes it even more impressive to know that, like, all of that green screen work was done in such a small space. Yeah, the the whole Q&A was great. I had a great time tuning in. I'm such a film nerd. I love hearing about all the cute little behind-the-scenes stories that happened during shooting. Plus all the tidbits of tech that they shared. Absolutely loved it. Great job, guys. A huge thank you to The Ordinary Kids for providing us once again with some top-notch entertainment. We can't wait to see what you've got in store for us next. And last end most uh we have a very sweet message from one of our listeners that we'd like to read on air john why don't you take this one so this message is from diet rice and they said well not too much to say but i started listening to you last week at work you three definitely get me through my long work shift just want to say thanks for the giggles and giving me something to look forward to i want to say nikki you're making a lot of people proud with your shenanigans also just saying maybe some merch would be fucking awesome would love to have a sticker to support a great podcast. Keep it sleazy, you three. Diet Rice. So I know who this is, and I'm not going to say their name because they wrote it under a pseudonym, but this is literally the sweetest thing in the whole world. It warmed my heart so much when I read it. I love you so much, and I can't wait to see you soon. And I think that Diet Rice is right, guys. I think we might need merch. <laughs> I would be way more inclined to agree to merch. If Diet Rice knew the difference between two and two. Leave them alone. Yeah, that's right, Diet Rice. I'm calling you the fuck out. Can you be nice? No, but for real, Diet Rice, thank you. I appreciate you. And honestly, I mean, we don't love Nikki, so somebody has to. That's true. Yeah, Diet Rice, thank you so much for your kind words. We're performers. We thrive on positive reinforcement. And it's wonderful to hear that you're enjoying the show, even if you need a remedial grammar class. And speaking of how much you love Nikki, let's move on to our most Nikki-flavored segment. Nikki-flavored snacks. Like snacks. Yeah. (laughs) 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 What flavor is a knack snack? Um, lemon. I really like lemon. Yeah, that sounds right. That definitely tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, it's time for Nikki Asks a Question. Let's do this. I want to talk about something a little different this week. Being back at FNS's home in Red Bank has made me remember a lot that I like about that venue and a few things that aren't that great, as I'm sure everyone out there can say about their theater. And with everyone out there beginning to start back up, many casts are going to be looking for new venues or alternatives to their pre-pandemic home. So let's talk about theaters. You guys have performed in a ton of venues since, you know, you're old. And I've done a ton of random shows, including all the drive-in shows this year. And I think there's something fun there. Nikki, that's not fair. How am I going to tie a history lesson into that? Life sucks, Aaron. Move on. You'll find a way, I'm sure. I mean, I'm down with it. In New York City, we have done so many outside shows, one-off appearances, parties, clubs. There's a ton of great ones to talk about. Just some in recent memory, we've done an NYU show, we've done a Columbia show, we've done a Peloton spin class, that was fucking wild. We performed at a wedding, we performed at Daybreaker, shit. We even performed at a dog adoption fundraiser event before. 
Oh man, we are definitely gonna have to talk about that one. Sure, I mean, I've had the pleasure of doing Rocky both in like really tiny indie theaters and big chain, multi-mart, whatever kind of crap, so I've done plenty of outside shows as well. We got something here we can talk about. I, I, I'm into this. So let's dig into it. I'll kick it off. I think the most obvious thing when we're talking about Rocky is you've got to go where they want you. For those who don't know, FNS used to be in Aberdeen, New Jersey, until we moved to Red Bank in August of 2019, I think. I feel like that's correct. August of 2019. We were in Aberdeen for 14 years, but then the theater got sold and turned into a brewery. So the company that we work with, which was Bowtie at the time, showed told us that they had a theater in Red Bank. And Red Bank compared to Aberdeen is like New Jersey compared to New York. Like Aberdeen is very much old people town and Red Bank is very much like teenager town. So we were really excited and we were we were very hopeful. And then the pandemic happened. But we did. We get. We had a lot of good luck with Red Bank, and Red Bank Theater actually got bought by a nonprofit during the pandemic. So now we are the Basie Cinemas Theater. So we're owned by Count Basie, and it's pretty fucking dope. We ended up in a lucky circumstance there that the venue continued to really want us to keep the tradition going, and it's a fantastic space for doing Rocky. I like a lot about the Red Bank Theater. The raised stage makes every aspect of Rocky Horror feel just a little bit cooler because going from just working on a floor stage to going like up a stair and being on like this big actual staged area is just so ego boosting because you're like, I am the biggest dick in this room. And I really like that our theater has two separate sections for seating. So we have like front seating and then there's a big space and a step and then there's a second row of seats that I think is really cool because it looks like an orchestra or something I don't know makes me feel very fancy and it always smells like popcorn which makes me happy but I don't think that infects performance value oh definitely does absolutely does are you kidding me (laughs) but yeah we went from like a tiny art theater in Aberdeen to a bigger bougier and badder art theater in Red Bank All in all, it worked out really well, and boy, I do not miss having to run out the emergency door and around the entire outside of the theater every time I needed to exit from the front of the stage like you had to do at our old venue. There was an alley, and it was spooky, but now we have a wing that we can change in, and it's really cool. So yeah. (laughs) Oh man, I remember that. At at one of the shows where Meg and I guested with you guys, I, I did Eddie Scott, And when Eddie died, I stumbled out of the door at the front of the stage, and I was just like, oh, hello, I'm outside now. Shit. Shit, fuck, it's cold. (laughs) Like, it was a real kick in the pants in the middle of the show. Speaking of pants, it's nice when a venue comes along that's well-tailored to Rocky. Ew, I don't get it. Oh, oh my god, I get it. What the fuck? (laughs) A lot of big theaters these days just aren't built for shadow casting. Like, why would they be? Stadium theaters are dreadful. A lot of the modern seats are designed to make you want to lean back and, like, take in the screen. Capacities are going down across the board in favor of high-end features. So, about a year after I joined NYCRHPS, Chelsea Sampless went under, like, intense reconstruction. They started moving theaters left and right. They shifted our prop storage to this, like, wonderful walk-in closet on the second floor to this, like, little cubby hole on the third. They gutted everything. Like, they took down other theaters and empty space, and they started adding offices and kitchens and bars and a bunch of different things like that. They totally modernized the seats, too. 
So like they're like lean back when you push the little button and they have like little little feet rests. And actually they even did it twice because they fucked it up the first time. <laughs> I remember that. Right? And then they kept us out of a theater for like even longer. It was wild. And you see this like all over the place. Theaters were really pushing to modernize like right before the world shut down. Everyone wanted a slice of the Alamo Draft House pie. You know, I, I got to see shock treatment in an Alamo Draft House once. Man, that that print was absolutely dumpster quality. Like it was incredibly red toned. It was missing like a ton of giant chunks. Get this. It was even missing the big reveal about Brad and Farley being brothers. That whole scene with the judge and Betty like finding out about Brad and Farley gone, not even in the print. So on top of that, the lady running it was very kind and was happy to tell everyone before the show that this was a strictly no audience participation show, which like whatever it's shock treatment. I don't really care. Like, at least I got to see it on 35 millimeter, but also, you know, slow your roll, lady. But getting back to what we're talking about, like, when theaters do renovations, like John's talking about, like, the extra space between the rows is nice in a modern theater. Like, you can't knock that. It's super good for running around during a show. So, I mean, at least some of the upgrades have that going for it. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that works out better with some of the modern theaters. Like, we have a direct AV hookup, which is beautiful. We can actually give them digital 4K video for like special events where we do trailers or pre-shows and promos. And we're still in a big giant theater. We've got an extra floor that we can often use. We've got prop storage and even an offstage area in all the different theaters. But sometimes you don't have the luxury of your home theater. Sometimes you get called on to do stuff for one-off shows. And when you're doing four higher shows, you've just got to work with the venue you've got and hope that everything goes well. I talked about it a little bit earlier, but there was this one show that we did. It wasn't even really a show. We were just kind of like special honored guests. But we did a dog adoption fundraiser event. And literally all we did was Time Warp, Sweet Tea, and that was it. But they had literally no venue. What we had was like a speaker, a microphone, which I don't know why we needed that. And I plugged my phone into the speaker and we just did the time warp and sweet tea as best as we could with like no state. Like it was just in the middle of the of the event. So when we got there, we were like, oh, where do you want us to set up? And they're like, oh, uh, well, the Elvis impersonator is going to be standing here. So I guess you can do it here. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, like one. Yeah, like one of those events, like Elvis impersonator. I was like, all right, we we out here where we belong. I had no idea. Oh, oh man, yeah, there was dude. an Elvis impersonator, and we didn't we didn't have a place to go. We just there was a microphone where the Elvis impersonator like plugged his music in from his phone, and he just like sang Elvis over instrumental tracks and sounded like Elvis. And that was the area that we had to work with. It was just a slightly empty piece of asphalt on the ground where nobody was allowed to walk. And I think that that was probably one of the most frustrating places to have to work with because it was just like. There was no area. It was just like an empty slab of concrete. And they were like, go. Which it it wasn't bad because like they didn't even say that they were going to have like a risen stage or anything like that. So I didn't really expect anything. And we still did it. You know, we still did it. Everyone was super pumped that we were there. We had a bunch of people afterwards come over to our merch table and buy shirts and all of that stuff. So like it was it was clearly a successful event, but it was just weird to just do it with absolutely nothing. But you know what? It was still rocky. So this actually reminds me of a similar story that I have. 
And the more that I think about it, the funnier it gets because I'm just remembering more things that were janky about it. This had to be like a year to two years ago. I feel like this was like 2019, maybe 2018. We did every Halloween. We do a trunk or treat in some type of town. Uh, I don't remember which town this one was in. But we were doing a trunk or treat, which for those of you who don't know, you decorate the back of your trunk and you give out candy to kids. And it's really fun. And FNS always takes part in it. We decorate it with like all of our props. This one said that they wanted us to perform. So we sent a riff, a magenta. I was dressed as Janet. I think my boyfriend at the time was dressed as a transy. Like we did not send a full cast because they just said they wanted us to do time warp. But we weren't really sure what was going on. So eventually, like, the director came over to us and was like, hey, like, if you guys want to perform, now is the time. So she walked us. It was, like, in front of, like, a town hall. And, like, she walked us to, like, this patio area. But it was, like, very small. It was very close to all the other cars because it was just, like, a parking lot. And we played Time Warp off of our phones. The Riff and Magenta did 90% of it. And then I Columbiaed as Janet. And I was wearing leggings and like Converse. And there were six people standing across from us watching it, dancing along. And three of them were actually uh, backup dancers for the Michael Jackson impersonator that was there. I, I, so, <laughs> I love that we have like a regularly occurring thing here. Yeah, so it was, uh, it was literally me and my two close friends chilling on some asphalt next to an impersonator. Um, but I mean, like John said, we still pulled it off. So, you know, it technically was Rocky. <laughs> oh, man. See, isn't it lovely to know that Rocky Horror as a culture is essentially the same thing as an Elvis and Michael Jackson impersonator? <laughs> Whatever. We're still better than mimes. <laughs> Mime is the lowest art form. Fight me. But man, okay, I've got a horror story where like we weren't even sure if the show was going to be able to go off. The venue was that bad. So I remember one I did. This was probably, it had to have been just a few months after I joined my first cast. I was in the Midwest at the time in Nebraska. And our cast director had, I think it was as a favor to this venue, uh, to a, a theater that was like an hour away. And it was this tiny little theater that was on like this Main Street USA in this small ass Midwestern town. We got there and we went in and I saw this venue and I go, you've got to be kidding me. Like, where's the other theater? Because this thing had to have been, I don't know, 15 or 20 feet wide, the entire theater there was a single aisle that ran down the left-hand side of the thing. And it was only like, I kid you not, like two feet wide. Up at the front, there was there was practically nothing. There was like three feet of not even really stage, just space up front. No exits on either side. The venue was atrocious. They ended up cramming 20 people into this place. And then like we had to have the virgins do stuff in their seats since the rows were too narrow for them to even stand comfortably. So like nobody got up to time warp or do anything because you couldn't. You just couldn't move in this place. It was not a great venue by any means. I mean, I can't think of a worse one. The venue in Paris is kind of similar to it. Like, it's an old European art house, but they've still got a stage and they've got a front of house exit. So it's still miles better than this place. And, you know, all these stories that people tell about nightmare venues, I have to imagine that probably contributed to RKO creating their Club Rocky shows. It's like a nice 
compact version of Rocky that can play anywhere. It's not even a full-length feature. They probably use it for stuff like weddings or parties that they want to do a one-off hire on. I know that RKO gets booked for like a bunch of random different types of gigs and anywhere from like a big art house theater to like the back of a coffee shop. So I can really imagine that Club Rocky really comes in handy when they show up to the venue and there's nowhere to perform and they're like, well, Club Rocky it is. And I think that that recipe is really brilliant. And something that a lot of casts should consider, especially if they get booked outside of their usual theater. Especially with the possibility of needing to take a cast on the road if you're looking for a new venue. But enough of the downer stories. Let's talk about those awesome venues that we got to perform in. There's two venues that come to mind when I think of my favorite venues to perform in. The first one was this Halloween. It was during uh, the pandemic tour that we went on for all of our outdoor shows. And we did a show in I think East Brunswick at the Stress Factory, which was like a famous comedy club over there. And it was so fucking nice. It was a Wednesday night, which is just not time for Rocky Horror. And the show was sold out. And when we went, the audience just had such a fierce energy. Everything we did, they were so pumped about. They were screaming and cheering. And to paint a picture of this audience, I feel like the ac- like the average demographic was 40-year-old white women. <laughs> like moms on a Wednesday night having a wine and watching Rocky Horror and going absolutely fucking ballistic. Ooh, that's my jam. It yeah. was so fun. I was playing Rocky. They loved me. They loved Frank. They loved everybody. We had such a good show and like it was just really a cool venue. There were two stages, one that was very big and then one that was a little smaller connected to the big one. And they both had stairs on either sides of them. And there was a lot of floor space. And this was outdoors, all of it. They had a tent. So just in case it rained. But this was all outdoors. The the floor was all turf like grass. But it was just so cool. And I really want to go back. I really want to do more shows. I loved it. I loved it so much. They also had a green room for us to change in where they would like keep their comedians. And I thought that was really cool. I was like, I can't talk. I'm in the green room. (laughs) Um, But I loved that. The Stress Factory was so much fun. And then we also performed at The Brook, which is a like old historic theater in Boundbrook in New Jersey. This one was fucking absurd. It was a huge stage with an orchestra pit right underneath it with a net. Like, you could fall into it and die. Uh, and then you could also access the orchestra pit from under the stage. So, like, we had Transylvanians just chilling down there fucking with us while we were on stage. And then there was a huge audience section, and the ceiling had, like, all of these beautiful paintings on it. And the, it was, like, an actual theater. Like, the, they had wings, and they had, like, what is it called when there's an upstairs in a theater? The upstairs in a theater. No, like the like the backstage had two floors. The upstairs behind the stage in the okay. theater. <laughs> no, there's a word for it, but the backstage had a staircase, and the staircase would go like went over the theater, and there was a story that a woman was pushed off of it during a show, and she died, and the theater was haunted by her, and that one was so fun. I played Janet. And the audience, again, was crazy. It was awesome. It was just so much fun. And it worked out so well. I loved it. But what about you, John? What was your favorite? Oh, my gosh. No contest. NYU. Like, no contest. NYU has been a place that we have performed in for many years. We usually perform as part of kind of like their welcome week. And the place that they set us up in, the the stage is super deep. The auditorium is gigantic there's so much room to like run around and like 
just vibe and feel yourself with like the audience and stuff the audience is always gigantic it's always like almost a sold out show the sound quality is so nice the lighting is great they give us a green room behind the stage there's so much room backstage it's like performing it in an actual theater as opposed to a movie theater it's so great and the staff is always wonderful to work with but aaron has been around forever so you must have some awesome venue stories some, but I'm, I'm going to go with a couple where actually I didn't perform, and these were places that were awesome to see Rocky in. Also, I'm going to brag. So the two that I'm going to talk about are Oakley Court and the Berlin Show. Oakley Court is a horrible venue if you're trying to, like, perform Rocky. The audio doesn't sync right, usually. The, the, the space is too big. There's too many people. The ceilings are really short and narrow. But man, you're at the fucking castle watching Rocky, right? And like, I've had friends with me that have gotten up and like performed, you know, like old school style at the Oakley Court show where they'll just, you know, oh, I'm going to do sweet tea. Why not? Um, and that's super cool. Like that that's an example of like horrible space for a Rocky cast, but awesome to get to like sit there and enjoy the movie, you know, in the place where it was filmed. The Berlin show, exact opposite fantastic fantastic place the theater that they put the the berlin show on at is like in the middle of a park in this it's this giant open air amphitheater a huge pop-up screen in front like a massive stage they've got trailers that are nearby that everybody can use as green room and that kind of stuff but the space is massive and it seats like two thousand people so when you get everybody in there like you just feel like you're in a giant giant rocky show absolutely love that the the echoes of everything coming off like the ap really sounds like there's a big chorus of voices coming at you uh admittedly some of them are in german uh but like it's it's super fun i love that venue i, I think my absolute favorites aren't when i'm performing it's running around for tech and like john said when we get to be in real theaters or at least spaces that are more built for performance Although, not all of those spaces are made equal either. Hell, that's why cons are so great. Often you get the home theater or the organizers shop around for a great huge venue. Like the big-ass theater that we did for ArcheoCon 3. The stage was gigantic. The offstage wings were so big. The backstage was gigantic. It was so much room. They had a full loading dock. They had dressing rooms. The staircase was terrifying. <laughs> I remember that. But you can't you can't win them all, you know? Yeah, I mean, I only did Ralph for RKO, so I was able to get off stage immediately and take it all in afterwards. And man, it was so awesome to get to see people literally running around a great big stage. Like it really felt like a full-blown theater show. That venue was awesome. It was huge. There was multi-tiered seating. You have a giant proscenium. Like, it was very much a, a theater theater, you know. I'm going to show you my proscenium. Does it arch? Because you might want to see a doctor about that. Bold of you to assume that I have health insurance. Oh, my God. Okay, I do, anyway. but bold of you to assume that I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Jesus. If you want to run around a giant stage, let's talk about drive-in shows. How about your stage is this entire 60-yard parking lot? That's a whole other set of challenges. We did two drive-in shows on Halloween. And first of all, the first show that we did, it poured the entire show. 
So we had to set up these tents that like I think somebody brought a tent and the venue had like two tents. So we set them all up and then Krim literally performed with an umbrella and halfway through the show, everyone except for Columbia was just kind of like, fuck it, we're going to get wet and that's going to be fine. The tech setups got a little awkward because, you know, you have to bring all of your stuff in and then find a place in the parking lot to set it up. And I think the biggest thing with drive-in shows that I dislike is only the first four rows of cars are going to see the show and then the rest are just kind of going to get bent and have to watch the movie. So that was a thing when we did drive-in shows was we tried as hard as we could to expand ourselves as deep into the parking lot as we could. So like I played Rocky and I ran like six cars back or six rows back of cars and during floor show, we went to like the general admission parking because VIP was like 17 rows of cars and then general admission couldn't see anything. So it just it brought a lot of new challenges that we hadn't really experienced before because we were so privileged of only having to perform in like these big theaters. Drive-ins are a new challenge and it was very exciting to kind of try to tackle that. But I don't know. It was definitely a lot. John, didn't you do a drive-in show too? How was that place? I did, but it was kind of the complete opposite experience. I got called in like 48 hours before a show because RKO genuinely could not find a Janet to perform at this one show. And it was at like the height of the COVID quarantine. So uh, they legitimately could not find anybody else. I was available and I ran up to RKO to go do the show. And it was a fantastic show. I had a lot of fun. Rowan was my Frank. Harley was my Brad. Vic was my Rocky. It was a great show. Like, it was fantastic. However, we were in this gigantic drive-in field. So big that there were three screens playing three different movies, Rocky being one of them. And we were on this, like, little trailer that you just attach to a pickup truck kind of trailer. And we were only allowed to perform on that because... The ground was really mushy and running around on grass and dirt and heels is a recipe for disaster. But also the trailer was kind of a recipe for disaster. I almost busted my ass on that trailer like three or four times as Janet, but we weren't allowed to get off of it. And we were, like I said, this was in the middle of quarantine. So we were extremely socially distanced between the stage and the audience. Like the audience was at least 100 feet away from us. They absolutely loved it. When we were driving away, they were like honking their horns at us and stuff like they they had a great time, but it was a wildly different experience because we weren't even able or allowed to leave the stage. At the end of the day, though, like it's rocky. You go to wherever the show is. Maybe that's taking a bus for three hours to end up at a drive in or maybe it's performing on a straight edge, non-denominational, but definitely God fearing early morning, no booze party cruise. I'm sorry, a what? Oh, yeah, you heard me. You can ask Savannah about that one sometime. But it is so true, though. You can make Rocky work anywhere. Well, almost anywhere. As long as you don't have roving street gangs beating up the cast and audience before the show. Is that a segue into history time? Because damn, that's kind of dark. Yeah, it's not a great story. This comes from Creatures of the Night, the story of New York's history. Very early on, when the first performances started happening at the Waverly Theater... Everyone would line up beforehand. This is like 1977 where the cast and the audience would line up in front of the theater. It's in the village in New York City. Well, 
in the late 70s, near the village, you had Little Italy. And roaming around Little Italy, you had a couple of street gangs, like real West Side Story style street gangs, except no Were they dancing and singing? Uh, No, they were bringing baseball bats and chains to beat up the freaks standing outside of the theater. So, yeah, that, that was not a good time. So, one night... Uh, I think this was near Christmas. The gangs got so, like, in everybody's face that, like, the theater had to, like, open the doors and let people in early. But people ended up getting bashed with baseball bats. Like, literally beaten in front of this theater. So bad that the Waverly was like, we're done. No more Rocky here. And the entire, like, earliest people who had started doing Rocky had to find new homes. So there was a theater out in Queens. There was a couple theaters in Manhattan. Some of the cast went out to Jersey. Everybody kind of floated apart. The theater in Queens said, hey, if you guys want to come out and and do shows, we'll bus you and the audience from the village all the way out to Queens and back in after the show. Absolutely insane. So all of these people would like gather in the village to get on this bus to go out to Queens to do Rocky. But it was still in the village, so of course the gangs just started coming to terrorize the people waiting for the bus. And then even worse, when they'd get off the bus in Queens, you got a whole different set of gangs standing there with, like, ice balls and shovels ready to terrorize them there. Absolutely horrible situation for that. They eventually moved theaters to another one in Queens. That one was a bit better. And later in the year, or the next year, I think, they eventually found the H Street Playhouse that had just, you know, opened back up and started playing Rocky again. So they moved back to 8th Street, and that's where New York found its home for so long. But man, it's stories like that that make me just realize, like, things could be a lot worse off today. I mean, at least some progress has been made since the late 70s. Man, I certainly hope no casts out there have to actively deal with hate crimes on a weekly fucking basis. Like, that is just so fucked up for real but all's well that ends well right the new york cast was at eighth street for a long time that's the home theater for sal lilius dory and all the other original eighth street cast members and it was the home theater for the fan club and really was a national icon for east coast rocky horror a rough start but they found their home as we hope all of you out there will be able to do once everything returns to you know not shit and that's our show we want to thank diet rice for their sweet message we're all very proud of nikki too and we're glad that someone finally called out what an awesome person she is i would like to reiterate that i was told to read that and do not actually believe it it was almost sweet but i'll take it if you've got a question you'd like for us to answer on air for Nikki Asks a Question, or some community news you'd like us to talk about, or even just a cool story from your time in the Rocky Horror community, we'd love to include it in our show. Just go to our website, rockytalkypodcast.com, and fill out our contact form to share with us. We all really love getting to hear about the cool shit you guys have been working on. We're totally obsessed with all the Rocky Horror projects that have been floating around out there, and we really enjoy getting to share your work with the whole community. Plus, if your cast is working on something fun, our virtual show, or maybe even a real-life show, send that in too, and we will help spread the word. 
Spread the word. Spread the word. <laughs> if you're enjoying Rocky Talkie, please help us out by rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the show. It makes the podcast more accessible to new listeners, which really helps us grow the show. And if you want even more Rocky Talkie content, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, all at Rocky Talkie Podcast. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. See ya. Hit go on my button, daddy. (laughs) I don't like that. Yeah. We recently told you all about Ori. The fuck? (laughs) What happened? Kawa just, like, tried to fight the door. Oh, well. You okay, Did she win? No, she ran over to me as if she lost. What did you do? Damn door. (laughs) And in addition to playing Janet in the 26 UK tour, has also worked Hello. Hello. In a did. I don't know. I would eat Eddie's meatloaf anytime, if you know what I mean. Well, Aaron, you heard her. I just cut like a hog You'll take that again. What? That he phonetically said that. I was proud of him. I mean, he did. <laughs> what do you? What is it? A soft G? In good faith, isn't it like a? (laughs) No, that said, that indeed says Can you not, you dumb (laughs) piss? Pussy. I'm just, should I roll with what Aaron did? No, uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna wait for John to finish unwrapping his bubble wrap tinfoil. Yeah, I'm good. Penis. Okay. Uh, well, Aaron, you heard her. <laughs> it sure would be nice if we could do reefer madness at RKO four, Roy. Doesn't JCCCP? That was too many. How many C's did you put their fucking name, Nikki? I'm sorry. I got JCCCCCCP. And this, you gonna say it? Nah, it says the end of the word in the event description. So, fuck you guys. That's fair. What is this exchange? It's real funny, but like, what the fuck is this? <clears throat> that's oh fair. <clears throat> Nikki, that's not fair. How am I going to tie a history lesson into that? Oh, Life you'll sucks. find a way. I'm, oh, Literally. shit. <clears throat> I'm sorry, that's not my color. I don't know why I started fucking reading it. I need to like swallow my spit, you know? You do that, buddy. You mm-hmm. do that. <clears throat> I would also like to say... When I told Zephyr that I wanted a, a write-up of this, he goes, that's a great question, actually. And then 10 minutes later, he said, I have no idea. Oh, <laughs> And I said, wow, that's fantastic. I love that. And he said, thanks. I always try to be a helpful PP man. PP man. What does that stand for? Like PP, like penis. Oh, it's, it's not a double entendre. It's just. No, I think it's just Zephyr being stupid.
Love it. Yep. Well, Zephyr. Well, I love thanks, you. Zaddy. <laughs> Ew, I hate that. We want your face, Zephyr. That's all. <laughs> Hold on. I'm sorry. I have a mouthful of soup. Is that what you call it nowadays? Yes. Josh should get that looked at. Mm. Yes, you should. I'm so sorry. This is taking me so long to chew. That's what she said. Mm. Josh should get that looked at. <laughs> you guys fucking suck. That's what she said. I'm flipping off the mic. <coughs> Who's Mike? Okay, let's do this. All right, let's do this. Leroy Drankers. Sorry, I was pinning cobweb with a fork. Hold on. <clears throat> I gotta actually open Creatures of the Night. Yeah. Mama got that bunch of crunch cake. I'm eating my soup dumplings. Mama got that bunch of crunch okay. cake. Bye, 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 bye. Patient. I'd rather die than hook up with another straightaway guy. I'm sorry. The fuck is that? It's a fucking, it's a song. I'm oh. stopping the thing. Okay, bye.